Act Three of There Are Crimes and Crimes by August Strindberg, translated by Edwin Bjorkman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three First Scene In the Cramerie. The gas is lit. Madame Catherine is seated at the counter. Adolphe at a table. Such is life, Monsieur Adolphe. But you young ones are always demanding too much. And then you come here and blubber over it afterward. No, it isn't that. I reproach nobody, and I am as fond as ever of both of them. But there is one thing that makes me sick at heart. You see, I thought more of Maurice than of anybody else, so much that I wouldn't have grudged him anything that could give him pleasure. But now I have lost him, and it hurts me worse than the loss of her. I have lost both of them, and so my loneliness is made doubly painful. And then there is still something else which I have not yet been able to clear up. Don't brood so much. Work and divert yourself. Now, for instance, do you ever go to church? What should I do there? Oh, there's so much to look at. And then there's the music. There's nothing commonplace about it, at least. Perhaps not. But I don't belong to that fault, I guess, for it never stirs me to any devotion. And then, Madame Catherine, faith is a gift, they tell me, and I haven't got it yet. We'll wait till you get it. But what is this I heard a while ago? Is it true that you have sold a picture in London for a high price, and that you have got a medal? Yes, it's true. Merciful heavens! And not a word do you say about it. I am afraid of fortune, and besides, it seems almost worthless to me at this moment. I am afraid of it as of a spectre. It brings disaster to speak of having seen it. You're a queer fellow, and that's what you have always been. Not queer at all, but I have seen so much misfortune come in the wake of fortune, and I have seen how adversity brings out true friends, while none but false ones appear in the hour of success. You asked me if I ever went to church, and I answered evasively. This morning I stepped into the church of Saint-Germain without really knowing why I did so. It seemed as if I were looking for somebody in there, somebody to whom I could silently offer my gratitude. But I found nobody. Then I dropped a gold coin in the poor box. It was all I could get out of my church-going, and that was rather commonplace, I should say. It was always something. And then it was fine to think of the poor after having heard good news. It was neither fine nor anything else. It was something I did because I couldn't help myself, but something more occurred while I was in the church. I saw Maurice's girlfriend, Jeanne, and her child, struck down, crushed by his triumphal chariot. They seemed aware of the full extent of their misfortune. Well, children, I don't know in what kind of shape you keep your consciences, but how a decent fellow— a careful and considerate man like Monsieur Maurice can all of a sudden desert a woman and her child. That is something I cannot explain. 
nor can I explain it, and he doesn't seem to understand it himself. I met them this morning, and everything appeared quite natural to them, quite proper, as if they couldn't imagine anything else. It was as if they had been enjoying the satisfaction of a good deed, or the fulfillment of a sacred duty. There are things, Madame Catherine, that we cannot explain, and for this reason it is not for us to judge. And besides, you saw how it happened. Maurice felt the danger in the air. I foresaw it, and tried to prevent their meeting. Maurice wanted to run away from it, but nothing helped. Why, it was as if a plot had been laid by some invisible power, and as if they had been driven by guile into each other's arms. Of course, I am disqualified in this case, but I wouldn't hesitate to pronounce a verdict of not guilty. Well, now, to be able to forgive as you do, that's what I call religion. Heavens! Could it be that I am religious without knowing it? But then, to let oneself be driven or tempted into evil, as Monsieur Maurice has done, means weakness or bad character. And if you feel your strength failing you, then you ask for help, and then you get it. But he was too conceited to do that. Who is this coming? The Abbe, I think. What does he want here? Abbe. Enters. Good evening, madame. Good evening, monsieur. Can I be of any service? Has monsieur Maurice, the author, been here today? Not today. His play has just been put on, and that is probably keeping him busy. I have sad news to bring him. Sad in several respects. May I ask of what kind? Yes, it's no secret. The daughter he had with that girl, Jeanne, is dead. Dead? Marion? Dead? Yes. She died suddenly this morning, without any previous illness. O oh Lord, who can tell thy ways? The mother's grief makes it necessary that Monsieur Maurice look after her, so we must try to find him. But first, a question in confidence. Do you know whether Monsieur Maurice was fond of the child, or was indifferent to it? If he was fond of Marion, why, all of us know how he loved her. There's no doubt about that. I am glad to hear it, and it settles the matter, so far as I am concerned. Has there been any doubt about it? Yes, unfortunately. It has even been rumoured in the neighbourhood that he had abandoned the child and its mother in order to go away with a strange woman. In a few hours, this rumour has grown into definite accusations. And at the same time, the feeling against him has risen to such a point that his life is threatened, and he is being called a murderer. Good God! What is this? What does it mean? Now I'll tell you my opinion. I'm convinced that the man is innocent on this score, and the mother feels as certain about it as I do. But appearances are against Monsieur Maurice, and I think he will find it rather hard to clear himself when the police come to question him. Have the police got hold of the matter? Yea. 
the police have had to step in to protect him against all those ugly rumours and the rage of the people. Probably the commissaire will be here soon. Madame Catherine, to Adolphe. There you see what happens when a man cannot tell the difference between good and evil. And when he trifles with vice, God will punish. Then he is more merciless than man. What do you know about that? Not very much, but I keep an eye on what happens. And you understand it, also? Not yet, perhaps. Let us look more closely at the matter. Ah, here comes the commissaire. Commissaire enters. Gentlemen, Madame Catherine, I have to trouble you for a moment with a few questions concerning Monsieur Maurice. As you have probably heard, he has become the object of a hideous rumor, which, by the by, I don't believe in. None of us believes in it either. That strengthens my own opinion, but for his sake I must give him a chance to defend himself. That's right, and I guess he will find justice, though it may come hard. Appearances are very much against him, but I have seen guiltless people reach the scaffold before their innocence was discovered. Let me tell you what there is against him. The little girl, Marion, being left alone by her mother, was secretly visited by the father, who seemed to have made sure of the time when the child was to be found alone. Fifteen minutes after his visit, the mother returned home and found the child dead. All this makes the position of the accused man very unpleasant. The post-mortem examination brought out no signs of violence or of poison, but the physicians admit the existence of new poisons that leave no trace behind them. To me, all this is mere coincidence of the kind I frequently come across. But here's something that looks worse. Last night, Monsieur Maurice was seen at the Auberge d'Adray in company with a strange lady. According to the waiter, they were talking about crimes. The Place de Roquet and the scaffold were both mentioned. A queer topic of conversation for a pair of lovers of good breeding and good social position. But even this may be passed over, as we know by experience that people who have been drinking and losing a lot of sleep seem inclined to dig up all the worst that lies at the bottom of their souls. Far more serious is the evidence given by the head waiter as to their champagne breakfast in the Bois de Boulogne this morning. He says that he heard them wish the life out of a child. The man is said to remark that it would be better if it had never existed, to which the woman replied, Indeed, but now it does exist. And as they went on talking, these words occurred, This will kill this. And the answer was, Kill? What kind of word is that? And also, the five spot of diamonds, the scaffold, the place de roquet. All this, you see, will be hard to get out of, and so will the foreign journey planned for this evening. These are serious matters. He is lost. That's a dreadful story. One doesn't know what to believe. This is not the work of man. God have mercy on him. He is in the net, and he will never get out of it. He had no business to get in. Do you begin to suspect him also, Madame Catherine? Yes, and no. 
I have got beyond having an opinion in this matter. Have you not seen angels turn into devils just as you turn your hand and then become angels again? It certainly does look queer. However, we'll have to wait and hear what explanations he can give. No one will be judged unheard. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Madam Catherine. Goes out. This is not the work of man. No, it looks as if demons had been at work for the undoing of man. It is either a punishment for secret misdeeds, or it is a terrible test. Jean enters, dressed in mourning. Good evening. Pardon me for asking, but have you seen Monsieur Maurice? No, madame. But I think he may be here any minute. You haven't met him, then, since— Not since this morning. Let me tell you that I share in your great sorrow. Thank you, madame. To the abbey. So you are here, father? Yes, my child. I thought I might be of some use to you. And it was fortunate, as it gave me a chance to speak to the commissaire. The commissaire? He doesn't suspect Maurice also, does he? No, he doesn't. And none of us here do. But appearances are against him in a most appalling manner. You mean on account of the talk the waiters overheard? It means nothing to me. Who has heard such things before when Maurice had had a few drinks? Then it is his custom to speculate on crimes and their punishment. Besides, it seems to have been the woman in his company who dropped the most dangerous remarks. I should like to have a look into that woman's eyes. My dear Jean, no matter how much harm that woman may have done you, she did nothing with evil intention. In fact, she had no intention whatever, but just followed the promptings of her nature. I know her to be a good soul, and one who can very well bear being looked straight in the eye. Your judgment in this matter, Adolphe, has great value to me, and I believe what you say. It means that I cannot hold anybody but myself responsible for what has happened. It is my carelessness that is now being punished. Oh, she begins to cry. Don't accuse yourself unjustly. I know you, and the serious spirit in which you have regarded your motherhood. That your assumption of this responsibility had not been sanctioned by religion and civil law was not your fault. No, we are here facing something quite different. What then? Who can tell? Henriette enters, dressed in travelling suit. Adolf rises with an air of determination and goes to meet Henriette. You here? Yes. Where's Maurice? Do you know, or don't you? I know everything. Excuse me, Madame Catherine, but I was ready to start and absolutely had to step in here a moment. To Adolf. Who is that woman? Oh. Henriette and Jean stare at each other. Emile appears in the kitchen door. Henriette, to Jean. I ought to say something, but it matters very little, for anything I can say must sound like an insult or a mockery. But if I ask you simply to believe that I share your deep sorrow, as much as anybody standing closer to you, then you must not turn away from me. You mustn't, for I deserve your pity, if not your forbearance. Holds out her hand. Jean looks hard at her. I believe you now, and in the next moment I don't. 
takes Henriette's hand. Henriette kisses Jean's hand. Thank you. Jean, drawing back her hand. Oh, don't. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Pardon me, but while we are gathered here, and peace seems to prevail, temporarily at least, won't you, Mademoiselle Henriette, shed some light into all the uncertainty and darkness surrounding the main point of accusation? I ask you, as a friend among friends, to tell us what you meant with all that talk about killing and crime and the Place de Roquette. That your words had no connection with the death of the child we have reason to believe, but it would give us added assurance to hear what you are really talking about. Won't you tell us? Henriette, after a pause. That I cannot tell. No, I cannot. Henriette, do tell. Give us the word that will relieve us all. I cannot. Don't ask me. This is not the work of man. Oh, that this moment had to come, and in this manner, to Jean. Madam, I swear that I am not guilty of your child's death. Is that enough? Enough for us, but not for justice. Justice? If you knew how true your words are. Abbe to henriette and if you knew what you were saying just now do you know that better than i yes i do henriette looks fixedly at the abbe have no fear for even if i guessed your secret it will not be exposed besides i have nothing to do with human justice but a great deal with divine mercy maurice enters hastily dressed for travelling he doesn't look at the others, who are standing in the background, but goes straight up to the counter, where Madame Catherine is sitting. You are not angry at me, Madame Catherine, because I didn't show up. I have come now to apologize to you, before I start for the South, at eight o'clock this evening. Madame Catherine is too startled to say a word. Then you are angry at me. Looks around. What does all this mean? Is it a dream? Or what is it? Of course I can see that it is all real, but it looks like a wax cabinet. There is Jean, looking like a statue, and dressed in black, and Henriette, looking like a corpse. What does it mean? All remain silent. Nobody answers? It must mean something dreadful. Silence. But speak, please. Adolf, you are my friend. What is it? Pointing to Emile. And there is a detective. Adolf comes forward. You don't know, then? Nothing at all. But I must know. Well, then, Marion is dead. Marion? Dead? Yes, she died this morning. Maurice, to Jean. So that's why you are in mourning, Jean. Jean, who has done this to us? He who holds life and death in his hand. But I saw her looking well and happy this morning. How did it happen? Who did it? Somebody must have done it. His eyes seek Henriette. Don't look for the guilty one here, for there is none to be found. Unfortunately, the police have turned their suspicion in a direction where none ought to exist. What direction is that? Well, you may as well know that your reckless talk last night and this morning has placed you in a light that is anything but favorable. So they were listening to us. Let me see. What were we saying? I remember then I am lost. But if you explain your thoughtless words, we will believe you. 
I cannot, and I will not. I shall be sent to prison, but it doesn't matter. Marion is dead, dead, and I have killed her. General Consternation Think of what you are saying. Weigh your words. Do you realize what you said just now? What did I say? You said that you had killed Marion. Is there a human being here who could believe me a murderer, and who could hold me capable of taking my own child's life? You who know me, Madam Catherine, tell me, do you believe? Can you believe? I don't know any longer what to believe. What the heart thinketh, the tongue speaketh, and your tongue has spoken evil words. She doesn't believe me. But explain your words, man. Explain what you meant by saying that your love would kill everything that stood in its way. So they know that, too. Are you willing to explain it, Henriette? No, I cannot do that. There is something wrong behind all this, and you have lost our sympathy, my friend. A while ago I could have sworn that you were innocent, and I wouldn't do that now. Maurice, to Jean. What you have to say means more to me than anything else. Jean, coldly. Answer a question first. Who was it you cursed during that orgy out there? Have I done that too? Maybe. Yes, I am guilty, and yet I am guiltless. Let me go away from here, for I am ashamed of myself, and I have done more wrong than I can forgive myself. Henriette, to Adolf. Go with him and see that he doesn't do himself any harm. Shall I? Who else? Adolf, without bitterness. You are nearest to it. Shh! A carriage is stopping outside. It's the commissionaire. Well, much as I have seen of life, I could never have believed that success and fame were such short-lived things. Maurice, to Henriette. From the triumphal chariot to the patrol wagon. Jean, simply. And the ass? Who was that? Oh, that must have been me. Commissaire enters with a paper in his hand. A summons to police headquarters, tonight, at once. For Monsieur Maurice Gerard, and for Mademoiselle Henrietta Maclerc. Both here? Yes. yes. Is this an arrest? Not yet. Only a summons. And then? We don't know yet. Maurice and Henriette go toward the door. Goodbye to all. Everybody shows emotion. The commissaire, Maurice, and Henriette go out. Emile enters and goes up to Jean. Now I'll take you home, sister. And what do you think of all this? The man is innocent. But as I see it, it is and must always be something despicable to break one's promise, and it becomes unpardonable when a woman and her child are involved. Well, I should rather feel that way, too, now that it concerns my own sister. But unfortunately, I am prevented from throwing the first stone, because I have done the same thing myself. Although I am free from blame in that respect, I am not throwing any stones either. But the act condemns itself and is punished by its consequences. Pray for him. For both of them. No, I'll do nothing of the kind, 
for it is an impertinence to want to change the counsels of the Lord. And what has happened here is, indeed, not the work of man. Curtain Second scene The Auberge d'Adrette Adolphe and Henriette are seated at the same table where Maurice and Henriette were sitting in the second act. A cup of coffee stands in front of Adolphe. Henriette has ordered nothing. You believe, then, that he will come here? I am sure. He was released this noon for lack of evidence, but he didn't want to show himself in the streets before it was dark. Poor fellow. Oh, I tell you, life seems horrible to me since yesterday. And what about me? I am afraid to live, dare hardly breathe, dare hardly think even, since I know that somebody is spying not only on my words, but on my thoughts. So it was here you sat that night when I couldn't find you? Yes, but don't talk of it. I could die from shame when I think of it. Adolf, you are made of a different, a better stuff than he or I. <laughs> yes, indeed. And what was it that made me stay here? I was lazy. I was tired. His success intoxicated me and bewitched me. I cannot explain it. But if you had come, it would never have happened. And today you are great, and he is small, less than the least of all. Yesterday he had one hundred thousand francs. Today he is nothing, because his play has been withdrawn, and public opinion will never excuse him, for his lack of faith will be judged as harshly as if he were the murderer and those that see farthest hold that the child died from sorrow so that he was responsible for it anyhow you know what my thoughts are in this matter henriette but i should like to know that both of you are spotless won't you tell me what those dreadful words of yours meant it cannot be a chance that your talk in a festive moment like that dealt so largely with killing and the scaffold it was no chance it was something that had to be said something i cannot tell you probably because i have no right to appear spotless in your eyes seeing that i am not spotless all this is beyond me let us talk of something else do you believe there are many unpunished criminals at large among us some of whom may even be our intimate friends adolph nervously why what do you mean don't you believe that every human being at some time or another has been guilty of some kind of act which would fall under the law if it were discovered yes i believe that is true but no evil act escapes being punished by one's own conscience at least rises and unbuttons his coat and nobody is really good who has not erred breathing heavily for an order to know how to forgive one must have been in need of forgiveness i had a friend whom we used to regard as a model man he never spoke a hard word to anybody he forgave everything and everybody and he suffered insults with a strange satisfaction that we couldn't explain at last late in life he gave me his secret in a single word i am penitent he sits down again henriette remains silent looking at him with surprise adolph as if speaking to himself there are crimes not mentioned in the criminal code and these are the worst ones for they have to be punished by ourselves and no judge could be more severe than we are against our own selves henriette after a pause 
Well, that friend of yours. Did he find peace? After endless self-torture, he reached a certain degree of composure. But life had never any real pleasures to offer him. He never dared to accept any kind of distinction. He never dared to feel himself entitled to a kind word or even well-earned praise. In a word, he could never quite forgive himself. Never? What had he done, then? He had wished the life out of his father. And when his father suddenly died, the son imagined himself to have killed him. Those imaginations were regarded as signs of some mental disease, and he was sent to an asylum. From this he was discharged after a time as wholly recovered, as they put it. But the sense of guilt remained with him, and so he continued to punish himself for his evil thoughts. Are you sure the evil will cannot kill? You mean in some mystic way? As you please. Let it go at mystic. In my own family. I'm sure that my mother and my sisters killed my father with their hatred. You see, he had the awful idea that he must oppose all our tastes and inclinations. Wherever he discovered a natural gift, he tried to root it out. In that way he aroused a resistance that accumulated until it became like an electrical battery charged with hatred. At last it grew so powerful that he languished away, became depolarized, lost his willpower, and in the end came to wish himself dead. And your conscience never troubled you? No. And furthermore, I don't know what conscience is. You don't? Well, then, you'll soon learn. Pause. How do you believe Maurice will look when he gets here? What do you think he will say? Yesterday morning, you know, he and I tried to make the same kind of guess about you while we were waiting for you. Well? We guessed entirely wrong. Can you tell me why you sent for me? Malice, arrogance, outright cruelty. How strange it is that you can admit your faults, and yet not repent of them. It must be because I don't feel quite responsible for them. They are like the dirt left behind by things handled during the day and washed off at night. But tell me one thing. Do you really think so highly of humanity, as you profess to do? Yes, we are a little better than our reputation, and a little worse. That is not a straightforward answer. No, it isn't. But are you willing to answer me frankly when I ask you? Do you still love Maurice? I cannot tell until I see him. But at this moment I feel no longing for him, and it seems as if I could very well live without him. It's likely you could, but I fear you have become chained to his fate. Shh! Here he comes. How everything repeats itself. The situation is the same. The very words are the same, as when we were expecting you yesterday. Maurice enters, pale as death, hollow-eyed, unshaven. Here I am, my dear friends, if this be me. For that last night in a cell changed me into a new sort of being. Notices Henriette and Adolphe. Sit down and pull yourself together, and then we can talk things over. Maurice, to Henriette. Perhaps I am in the way. Now don't get bitter. I have grown bad in these twenty-four hours, and suspicious also, so I guess I'll soon be left to myself. And who wants to keep company with a murderer? But you have been cleared of the charge. Maurice picks up a newspaper. By the police, yes, 
but not by public opinion. Here you see the murderer, Maurice Gerard, once a playwright, and his mistress, Henriette Mauclerc. Oh, my mother and my sisters! My mother! Jesus have mercy! And can you see that I actually look like a murderer? And then it is suggested that my play was stolen, so there isn't a vestige left of the victorious hero from yesterday. In place of my own, the name Octave, my enemy, appears on the billboards, and he is going to collect my one hundred thousand francs. Oh, Solon, Solon! Such is fortune, and such is fame. You are fortunate, Adolf, because you have not yet succeeded. So you don't know that Adolf has made a great success in London, and carried off the first prize? Maurice, darkly. No, I didn't know that. Is it true, Adolf? It is true, but I have returned the prize. Henriette, with emphasis. That I didn't know. So you are also prevented from accepting any distinctions, like your friend. My friend? Embarrassed. Oh, yes, yes. Your success gives me pleasure, but it puts us still farther apart. That's what I expected, and I suppose I'll be as lonely with my success as you with your adversity. Think of it, that people feel hurt by your fortune. Oh, it's ghastly to be alive. You say that? What am I then to say? It is as if my eyes have been covered with a black veil, and as if the color and shape of all life has been changed by it. This room looks like a room I saw yesterday, and yet it is quite different. I recognize both of you, of course, but your faces are new to me. I sit here and search for words because I don't know what to say to you. I ought to defend myself, but I cannot, and I almost missed the cell, for it protected me, at least, against the curious glances that pass right through me. The murderer Maurice and his mistress. You don't love me any longer, Henriette, and no more do I care for you. Today... You are ugly, clumsy, insipid, repulsive. Two men in civilian clothes have quietly seated themselves at a table in the background. Wait a little and get your thoughts together. That you have been discharged and cleared of all suspicion must appear in some of the evening papers, and that puts an end to the whole matter. Your play will be put on again, and if it comes to the worst, you can write a new one. Leave Paris for a year and let everything become forgotten. You who have exonerated mankind will be exonerated yourself. Ha <laughs> Mankind! Ha <laughs> You have ceased to believe in goodness? Yes, if I ever did believe in it. Perhaps it was only a mood, a manner of looking at things, a way of being polite to the wild beasts. When I, who was held among the best, can be so rotten to the core, what must then be the wretchedness of the rest? Now I'll go out and get all the evening papers, and then we'll undoubtedly have reason to look at things in a different way. Maurice, turning toward the background. Two detectives. Means that I am released under surveillance, so that I can give myself away by careless talking. Those are not detectives. That's only your imagination. I recognize both of them. Goes toward the door. Don't leave us alone, Adolf. I fear that Henriette and I may come to open explanations. Oh, be sensible, Maurice, and think of your future. Try to keep him quiet, Henriette. I'll be back in a moment. Goes out. Well, Maurice, what do you think now of our guilt or guiltlessness? I have killed nobody. All I did was to talk a lot of nonsense while I was drunk. But it is your crime that comes back, and that crime you have grafted onto me. Oh, that's the tone you talk in now. Was it not you who cursed your own child and wished the life out of it? 
and wanted to go away without saying good-bye to anybody and was it not i who made you visit marian and show yourself to madame catherine yes you are right forgive me you proved yourself more human than i and the guilt is wholly my own forgive me but all the same i am without guilt who has tied this net from which i can never free myself guilty and guiltless guiltless and yet guilty oh it is driving me mad look now they sit over there and listen to us and no waiter comes to take our order i'll go out and order a cup of tea do you want anything nothing maurice goes out detective goes up to henriette let me look at your papers how dare you speak to me dare i'll show you what do you mean it's my job to keep an eye on streetwalkers yesterday you came here with one man and today with another that's as good as walking the streets and unescorted ladies don't get anything here so you'd better get out and come along with me my escort will be back in a moment yes and a pretty kind of escort you've got the kind that doesn't help a girl a bit oh god my mother my sisters i am of good family i tell you oh first-rate family i am sure but you are too well known through the papers come along where what do you mean oh to the bureau of course there you'll get a nice little card and a license that brings you free medical care oh lord jesus you don't mean it detective grabbing henriette by the arm don't i mean it henriette falling on her knees save me maurice help shut up you fool maurice enters followed by waiter gentlemen of that kind are not served here you must pay and get out and take the girl along maurice crushed searches his pocketbook for money henriette pay for me and let us get away from this place i haven't a sou left so the lady has to put up with her alphonse alphonse do you know what that is henriette looking through her pocketbook oh merciful heavens i have no money either why doesn't adolph come back well did you ever see such rotters get out of here and put up something to security that kind of ladies generally have their fingers full of rings can it be possible that we have sunk so low henriette takes off a ring and hands it to the waiter the abbe was right this is not the work of man no it is the devil's but if we leave before adolph returns he will think that we have deceived him and run away that would be in keeping with the rest but we'll go into the river now won't we maurice takes henriette by the hand as they walk out together into the river yes curtain <laughs>